Welcome everyone to the Michael Yu Podcast. I have a very, 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 very VIP and special guest today, um, Morgan Brown, my business partner over the last five years. Um, to introduce Morgan a little bit, she is a multi-year medallion member, top 10%. Last year she won uh, President's Club, which is the top 1% of realtors in Greater Vancouver. She's been my business partner at Oakland for the last five years. Um, so we're here to welcome Morgan. Morgan! Hi! <laughs> there she is, there in I all am. her glory. There I am! There I am! <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited to obviously sit down with Morgan. I get to basically meet her, or see her, or talk to her every day. So basically, I'm really excited to have her and uh, Thank you for having me. Thank yeah. you for having me. I'm nervous. So Morgan, I'm nervous. Oh, you should be, because there's, we have so many listeners. <laughs> I know, I'm so nervous. <laughs> all dozen of you. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, why don't you share a little bit about your background, your story, and uh, yeah, okay. please. Um, I got into the industry, the real estate industry, about 10 years ago, so it's been about a decade. And uh, I started, um, I started, he's telling me to, to talk into the mic. This is <laughs> Michael Yu. <laughs> Michael I started uh, when I was 21 years old, so I started when I uh, just basically got out of college and decided to... Uh, move into sales because I thought that I had a knack for it. So um, I got my license really quickly and started working for an agency here in Vancouver. And yeah, and I and I, I I've been pretty consistent kind of th- throughout my years. And about five years ago, uh, Michael and myself and Arlene kind of combined kind of all of our our talents and decided to to open up Oakland Realty. But it's been just such a journey and. Um, I've been able to work with over 300 families in Vancouver. I've been able to kind of grow a team with on my resale side. I've been able to kind of work with Oakland and it's just been such a wild ride. I'm so lucky to, to be doing this. Very blessed. Hashtag blessed. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Morgan obviously started in the business at a very young age. Um, how was that? It was good. Yeah, no, I actually no, it wasn't. It was <laughs> it was very it was very hard. It was difficult. I think when you're 21 years old and you're um, told you can't do it, you've been. I actually went to um, my first you know for, first interviews with the agencies in Vancouver. I had two or three of the top agencies say, "You're too young. You should not be here, and you should come back in the next couple of years." Wow. Um, and that was pretty telling to what the industry was going to be like for um, any agent coming in. Um, so that was really important to, I think, just make sure that I keep my head straight and stay, stay focused on what I wanted to do and what I wanted to accomplish. So I think the first, yeah, the first year was was very difficult. I didn't do a sale for the first three months. Um, I was toying with the idea of being an extra <laughs> in Vancouver, Hollywood, and uh, because I didn't want to go back to uh, at that time previous to that I was working in the food and beverage business, and I didn't want to go back to that that life. And um, and then I I kind of kept my head down and and worked, and I really it does go back to just staying really really focused and working really hard. So I did four open houses every weekend. I would sit in vacant properties um, just to meet people in the hallways. Uh, and I just stayed, I, I kept my mind and and focus very, very straight. And, and I think that was really contributed to just uh, making sure that I'm, that I was determined to accomplish a goal, which was to be uh, a very successful realtor, but also uh, be a business owner. And I knew that that came with a lot of different things so at that young age what sacrifices did you make like what kind of 
Yeah, good Things question. Things you have to give up. Well, I, I think the first thing was relationships. Like I had a really core group of friends that were in college and university. And, um, you know, when they were all partying and having really great times going to different bars and, and having the weekends free, I really had to keep myself focused and, and um, make sure that I – that I really I, that was that was the time that I had to be servicing my clients and meeting new people. So that's the first thing is I, I made a sacrifice of of losing a lot of relationships and friends that um, and I, and I think the ones that have made it through those times are, really show that they're like my best friends or the ones mm-hmm. that that were my cheerleaders. So that was the first thing. But t- yeah, and time would be another thing. I didn't go on vacation for the first three to four years just because I was I couldn't afford it. <laughs> and, and all the money that I was making was going right back into my business. That was a huge thing for me as I, I always made sure that all of the earnings, actually for the first two years, I actually, if you talk to my husband now, I didn't even look at a paycheck. It was it was in and out just back into the business and, and, and to service our clients. So I think time... F- friendships nourishing those uh clients were was my number one and the sacrifice of just um just being 21 being 21 yeah being a young business being young yeah (laughs) on your own yeah um and uh so obviously you spend a lot of that money on marketing i did and so you know, you've been in the business for almost for 10 years now, yeah. right? Over 10, is it over 10 years? No, 10 years. Jeez. Almost 10 and a half years. Yeah. Oh, 10 and a half years. Yeah. yeah so 10 good. and a half years in the business. So in that 10 and a half years in the business, uh, you've learned a lot about marketing. What uh, would you like? What could you share? What are like the top three things you know about marketing that you want to share? Like, is it or what proportion of your maybe there's a good question. What's your proportion of income that you spend on marketing? And what are some of the top things that you my proportion pull. is about, about now about 25% and it's just and that's either just nourishing relationships with our clients and their events or um, you know gifts and and also just working uh, going and seeing them and having you know coffee meetings and everything mm-hmm. as well that's what I kind of put all entail with marketing um, the three kind of key things that I found in especially in the last 10 years is one um, you're like you really have to be able to relate to your your customers and and know who they are, know what your clientele and demographic and psychographic is, um, know that these are the type of people that would like this specific type of market. Uh, so if we're dealing with a kind of a luxury high end, we're not sending them kind of black and white postcards, or we're not sending them little you know little gifts. We're actually sending them something maybe more elaborate. Or if we're working with you know the tech companies or working with different groups of lawyers, you know service is really key. But also just the marketing that we're sending out there is stat related. So just I think tailoring tailoring for each each client. That's number one. Number two is you need to stay consistent. You always have to make a game plan, make a calendar of events of what you're going to be doing and what you're going to be putting out there to your to these different markets. And uh, three, just get it out. <laughs> That's my my number one yeah. is just don't be a perfectionist. Push it out. Um, you're going to make some spelling mistakes. <laughs> you're going to get some calls being like, "That's the wrong information." Um, and uh, but just don't don't overthink it. That's number three. That's huge. We we always find because we train a lot of Morgan and I team up to train a lot of the realtors. Um, her and I. It's strange to think that we're like. So we have a program at Oakwind called Oakwind University. The best. <laughs> <laughs> and I think of it kind of like, uh, 
in X-Men, the professors, <laughs> Professor Xavier and all those things. So we're a couple of the teachers of, of Oakland University. And, um, and so, Morgan, you've obviously met and mentored and worked with a lot of young people, a lot of young agents. What would be some of the common, like, threads for those that have been very successful and what are some of the common threads for those that have not okay so definitely the ones that have been super successful is they go by the third one which is just getting it out there not being a perfectionist and just putting it out um the successful ones are always have have a game plan it's it's almost like they it's a schedule of of events and they stick to it they execute it and uh they are consistent with their messaging which is very key and um, I think the ones that that have difficulty with being, you know, really, really being super successful, well, not difficulty, but difficulties in our industry is they overthink it or they feel like they have to be something that they're not, which is mm-hmm. my biggest thing that you have to be able to purely be your authentic self in this industry and um, not be afraid to to be and show that professional and, and unprofessional side to the people that you're working with. Absolutely. And yeah. I, I always find like a lot of what we do is based on your mindset is having the correct mentality before you enter into any um, like uh, networking event or you meet, you're about to go into a listing appointment or even if you're about to come into the office to be kind of in that right mindset to be able to be successful at, uh, at an endeavor, I think is, is huge and super important. So, uh, yeah, and I think from what I see is I, I kind of um, spend a lot of time with realtors to, to try to remove some of those blocks and things that they, um, they have, blind spots they have in their, in their mindset. And, and I always find that once those things are removed, like huge things happen for them. Big leaps. Big, yeah. big leaps big happen. Leaps. So speaking of blocks, what were some of the blocks that you <laughs> overcome, Morgan? <laughs> He knows all my blocks. This is not fair. <laughs> this is not fair. Um, well, I, I, you know, I think it's funny because when I first sat down with Mike, you know, we've we've had such a we're so close, and and uh, if, if if you guys have the pleasure to meet this guy, <laughs> he usually, he can kind of get anything out of you. That's for sure. And I think one thing I I've always had a black block with was uh, is um is being um being the top dog or being um popular or being the my best um self in that sense because I've always been I've actually lost more people like we were talking about the first part of my career um and me having to lose and sacrificing friendships that's something that has come with it and it's stuck with me so I think you get to a point now uh hopefully I'm or not hopefully I'm luckily able to see that that's something that is it's not related to myself but one of the biggest roadblocks has been just uh just making sure that you just have no fear and you're fearless and you do what you want and you accomplish what you want whenever you want to do it just being fearless is is always a a big thing um and being unapologetic about it i think you you have to be really your authentic self through thick and thin right through everything but those Mm -hmm. are the biggest roadblocks i think you being purely yourself and and not being afraid to to lose the things that may come with it because you're doing what you want to do so over the past like five years or more like what have you learned about yourself? Like what what are the some of the things that you like either have returned to in, in this discovery of overcoming like 
external judgment or like having success and kind of being pulled down like in, in this in, in your like in your journey what are some of the things you've learned about yourself i've learned to um be uncomfortable i think that's my number one just you know not be afraid to be to take chances and to take big leaps just because because you don't think it's right or second guessing yourself um and also i think that another big thing that i've learned about myself is just really listen to your intuition that's something i think everyone preaches but you really have to take a step back and say just go if you feels right do it um and the third thing i think i really have found out about myself is uh don't be afraid to be vocal and don't be afraid to have a voice you know i think in our industry and as an entrepreneur um you have to state what you believe is right and also don't be afraid to to challenge yourself a bit those are the kind of the three things yeah you know i think with you know obviously we're all on a journey and you know i'm really happy that we're on this podcast journey <laughs> together I this is every, his journey yeah this is a part <laughs> of my journey you know i've as you know many i've said a few times on the podcast um i it has been such a great resource for me lonely in the car to hear another human and learn something mm -hmm. um so like i'm just being really happy to kind of contribute uh to obviously uh, other entrepreneurs other business people uh, my mom who probably is listening to this right now <laughs> <Highly>. <laughs> and essentially just uh you know um you know we're all on this journey and it's i, I find that as i'm going in this journey and as i'm like walking through this life i'm returning to the original version of myself um, little michael little you. michael you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> little mikey you little mikey <laughs> and it's it's strange like um every like i kind of can pinpoint things that have happened that i made bigger deals of than they actually were yeah when so i was true. a child that has that has very that has impacted me and how i make decisions and how i do things and it's strange i'm almost like have you ever seen, I don't know if you've ever been injured before, if you had like a hurt shoulder or, or a hurt knee or a hurt back, you start running differently. And if you start running differently, you just, it just becomes a natural part of who you are. So trying to like retrain yourself to kind of go back to before you were injured in some of these things um, has been really eye-opening for me mm -hmm. um, to just, um, you know, to just be okay with, for example, exposing myself on a podcast or um, I just wrote, I'm writing a blog and I'm just like writing because I enjoy writing. Yeah, and, you love writing. <laughs> yeah, and I enjoy having conversations. So why not share these amazing conversations that I have with Morgan every single day? Love just it. about philosophy and life and success and um, uh, generosity and all the things that we talk about. Like whenever Morgan and I, Morgan and I have <laughs> dinners all the time with our significant others and we can like four hours will go by like really quickly yeah very quickly yeah, yeah. because she has she has such a great mind for um for business and for life and which is really which is really cool and so just you know being able to share that is, is really is really an awesome thing so thank you speaking of a relationship with me <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about michael <laughs> yeah. so now that we're open here tell me like Tell me all the bad things about working with me. I want to know. This is like, terrible. <laughs> this is like... <laughs> I want to know all the bad. I don't want to know any of the good stuff. I just want to know the bad because I want to improve. What? <laughs> so tell me, like, you've been working with me for the last five years. We've been working right. shoulder to shoulder every day. I want to know. Is this like, like a way of you telling me what's bad about me? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's not. Is this a way? <laughs> it's my it's entry like, point. me first and then you second. <laughs> yeah, I want to hear. Like, what is the worst thing about working with me? Like, start with the worst and, like, like... 
Just take off. Just, yeah. just take I flight. Know. Um, you know, I don't think that there's anything bad. I think there's improvements. <laughs> Very political. You can take. Um, I want like the raw truth. You know, I think when I first started, when I started to work with Michael, it was, um, you know, he, him and his getting getting into a relationship with a, a brother and a sister was a big. Um, not a fear, but also just something that I was worried about that I would kind of get overshadowed by or get overheard, like not be heard in the whole in the whole thing. Um, but I would say that you have a I think you have an act for for definitely going with what you believe as well. And I, and I think sometimes it's a positive and a negative. I think you're you stay focused on what you want. And sometimes when people are around you telling you stuff, this is this morning, just so you guys know, um, he has to circle back. But eventually he does circle back and hear the people that are, are kind of making suggestions. But I would say, you know, just being a little bit more open, that's one thing. More open. More open. Michael is very, you know, he's very focused and very straight to what he wants. And that's why we, we look at him as, as such an incredible leader. Um, but, you know, I think having other people's opinions and you know, we could get to the result a lot faster <laughs> we could just listen right away right? but that's pretty yeah i think that's number that's the the big thing i think you're just uh being being more open and i have to say you have been like over five years you have grown and grown but sometimes we get back to that yeah, get back to the, the solid stubborn stubborn like. and that comes with i think any entrepreneur i think we all i'm like that too where it's my way or the highway and um it, it takes a lot to just say hey you know what someone's better at this or um someone has a, a good opinion about this maybe we should try it out and uh, um, or maybe i should listen to that person that's that's what i would say so but you have improved yeah so being open what else like when have you been super frustrated when have you wanted to like punch a wall <laughs> uh, and like punch you of, in the <laughs> yeah, face punch me in the face <laughs> or punch a wall uh, you know, I think we, we've gone through so much, oh my gosh, I, I think we've gone through in the, in the kind of background, Mike, Arlene and I have gone through a lot of, and especially you and me, we have gone mm -hmm. through a lot of, you guys don't see it, but when we go to a, a, when we go to our retreats every year, we, we have an annual retreat that we go and basically live in the woods. <laughs> Michael <laughs> makes a fire. <laughs> um, and, um, we have these battles, we have these battles out, but you've always kind of said to me, you know, you're the one person that's going to be able to say it to me and I've never been able to hold back. So we've, I think it's welcomed, but it does take some time for you to say, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> wow. sorry, Morgan, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a, you know, Trying to do something on your own um, is, I, I think trying to build something up is impossible. Like building something large totally. is impossible on your own. And having really intelligent and thoughtful and like smart people around you that have way better ideas mm -hmm. is like, is, is an amazing thing. It's a must, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And so Morgan and I go on these, well, Morgan, Arlene, myself, and a few of the um, kind of our leaders at the office, we go on these company retreats every winter and I, um, we got into a battle earlier because they don't want to go to where I want to go, which is the same place. <laughs> um, so we wanted to go. So I we're always, going just so you yeah, guys know he's to, getting yeah, got, got his way. way. <laughs> so basically, we're going to this uh, um, kind of deep in the woods on the mm -hmm. island. Nothing log to do cabin. there. Log cabin. Right. Internet sucks. Like internet sucks. <laughs> no, like 
no TVs. Like it's it's pretty log cabiny, and we go up there every single year, and we really just have a um, candid like, conversations. Yeah. yeah, candid conversation, and really like look back and then look forward. Right. So what we always start doing is we look back, look back at the year. Uh, what we accomplished, what we did well, what we failed at, mm-hmm. and we just try to understand the truth. And mm-hmm. in especially in our leadership team, we have it out a lot. We fight. Yeah, some, we, like, we like fight. We fight. People leave rooms. Yeah, people, people have to leave rooms and cool down, and like we just have the we just have it out. We just tell the truth. Like you didn't do this. Yeah. And this is your responsibility and drop the ball here and mm-hmm. this is why mm-hmm. and how did we not support you like there, it, we have like pretty open dialogue and and it's really healthy and it's really helpful to just put it all out in a constructive way and it makes us really i think the biggest thing is it gets us to a point where we're actually even closer as um as a team you know we're really candid with each other we it goes back to that raw basic thing of what's what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong and at the end of it i think we're even closer and stronger Stronger together, so I think we all appreciate it. But it does take us a year to get there, and sometimes um, it's pent up energy <laughs> that we're like, uh, "This didn't happen," or "That didn't happen." So it, we, it's welcomed, I think, out of the three of us for sure. Yeah, yeah. We're really it's usually you and me. Yeah, for the most part. <laughs> Arlene's like, "Okay, break it up, you two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, Actually, Arlene's pretty good. Like, but it's Arlene funny has that some things too. Arlene has yeah. some Every, things. It's always with me, though. Like, <laughs> so, like, Arlene hates me. Morgan's like, hey, you guys. Me and Arlene are pretty good. Arlene, and, I haven't seen you guys fight, the two of you, in our Which is, yeah, kind of, it's, like, you triumvirate know, here. Anyways, that's, it's just, maybe there's something to be said. Yeah, you guys the gang up year. on me a whole lot. <laughs> but, yeah, maybe it'll change. I gotta, like, plan some. Well, it's, it's really funny because we're huge on planning. Like, if, mm-hmm. if there's something that. Arlene, Morgan, and I um, have in common is we're like huge planners. Yeah, we so, do. Like, how yeah. has that affected uh, your business? How is that? Aff- does does that leak into your personal life? Like, or is it exact opposite? Like, I think I'm a major planner. My husband thinks I'm like OCD almost planner. So he's always like, he always knows I have some. I'm about five steps ahead. You know, we always laugh about our dog that we got, and he. I said, oh, we're not going to get a dog. Like, we might just go see a couple dogs on a farm in Harrison Hot Spring. And then he said, okay, sure. And he walked into the second bedroom and he saw that I had the blankets and the food and everything was ready. And he said, okay, so we're getting a dog today. Um, so I think that the planning is key. With my resale team and, and just yearly, I make sure that I put out a business plan for myself, personally and professionally. I have vision boards. I have schedules that uh and i think you have to be organized i I think you have to be organized to be a leader and also um to execute what you really want in on a year-to-year basis and a month-to-month basis Mm -hmm. so yeah there's like this myth with business plans or personal plans that they have to look fancy like a bank's gonna read them and if you look at morgan or myself's business plan or (laughs) freaking scrap or like it's on scrap paper um in like you know feature sheets on the other side of feature sheets stapled stapled into our books that we rip out and put into our next book yeah Yeah, so it's pretty like it's pretty rudimentary however you know it's like incredibly effective Mm -hmm. because it's like you're, you're it's written with your own hand it's in your own ideas. So for those that are starting plans or for those that, are, that aren't big planners, what would you kind of suggest for them as like kind of your hot tips to kind of... The guidelines? Yeah. 
Um, I think number one is we talked about this in just our just as Oakland leaders is that we have to talk about our our past, which is just looking back and saying what worked, what didn't. That's the first number one thing to have in your business plan. Um, the second thing is to not make it so complicated. You know, focus on three or four different themes um, that you want to execute for the year. Um, the th- the third is. Um, really just your numbers, how many actions it's going to take to make a reaction is is one of the key things of making a business plan. Um, and then obviously something that's new, something that's creative, something that you want to execute that you have really wished uh, to do in the previous year, but you didn't get to it. So I think those are the four, four big things to have in your business plan. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, it's really interesting because it should be unique to the individual. Because as an entrepreneur, nobody's reading this plan. It's no. just you. It's just for Morgan. It's for Michael. It's for the listener. And it's really interesting. I've been I've been working with this realtor that successful, but not a planner. And um, and so we're making an incremental change to create more um, organization and structure in his in his practice. And and it was really interesting. He's like, oh, can you show me what your plan looks like? But I think a lot of the times when I send people my plan, they basically kind of carbon copy it and then they Doesn't never work. see it again right and they yeah. never look at it again because they kind of just use mine as a template and then they forget it um and when you're working with a creative individual especially when you're working with a creative individual they need some of that exploration on their own so i i found it was really cool so what i did is i noticed that um this gentleman was in extremely incredibly amazing physical shape he was like, he looks, well, he's hot, but, <laughs> but he's, he's, buff. he's buff and he's like, he looks like a fitness model and he looks so like incredibly. So he like, takes the time there. He takes the time there. Yeah. So, and I asked him, so what kind of, how did you plan your workouts? How do you plan your eating? And then he has this like crazy like system of working out and, and, and how he tracks his calories Food. in, calories out. Mm-hmm. He does all these things for his health. However, for his business. He's not doing the same things. I said, exactly how you're doing it for that part of your life. Let's try to do it in your business. And I, I've been working with them for the past few months. And wow, what a change. Like, That's great. We're seeing a lot of forward momentum, even in a somewhat shakier market. But we're seeing tons of forward momentum from this individual. And I'm just so happy to see his results and success. And, you know, I think having that uh, plan is, is going to help him in a big way. Um, you know, they, it's a cliche, but like, fail to plan plan to fail essentially yeah, right. um, so if you if you don't have that plan in place it's uh, it's something that we you really really want to to to, to have bef- before or during or after like any time during the engagement of your business I think it's huge and to look at it in a con- like constantly how, how often do you look at your plan or your I would say every week yeah every week a hundred percent I look back and and if something's not working or something needs to be tweaked, I don't mind making adjustments to it because that's who I am. I'm the type of person that I'm happy to have a plan. It's almost like a guideline, but I do, I'm not afraid to you know, really evolve from that plan or add to it uh, because I think something's not working or I could be improving on something else. So I do, I do visit it weekly. Yeah. That's cool. Um, so what are, would you say are some of your weaknesses like some of your blind spots and how do you overcome those or do you even not even think about them i don't think of them that much (laughs) to be honest (laughs) 
the weakness side of it is, um, you know, I think you have to play to your strengths with no matter with whatever you're doing, whether it's in a relationship or your business or uh, a new venture or with your family. Like, play to your strengths. Always be extremely grateful for what you have and what you're you you're delivered to um, with. So I think that's number one. But I, I would say. You know, my weaknesses are on a business level side of things is that I'm, I'm not the most, um, maybe I, I don't have a huge attention to detail on certain things, but it doesn't seem to be a negative to me because I do have a bigger vision and, I, and I'm always just kind of keeping my eyes on the prize and working with the clients that I want to work with or developing something because I feel like it's needed. So I think that's my biggest weakness is, is uh, my biggest strength. So that's how I kind of work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you don't really look around like for, for a solution to, to that. No, I, I think you're, you know, I, I think in our, our industry, you, it, it's it's a waste of time because it's it's one of those things that if you keep on focusing on the negative, it, it will attract more. I, I'm a big person of law of attraction. And, and um, you know, I, I think I believe I live in a very abundant life. I think that I was meant to meet my partners. I, I feel like I was meant to meet my husband and. And I've always kind of said, you know, this is what uh, what has been served to me and I'm going to make the best of it. So I've never really had a, a, a big weakness on that level of it. Hmm. Yeah. Well, speaking of your husband, you're like, yeah, Ken my doll. sick, cool husband. <laughs> so Sean, <laughs> my better yeah, half. <laughs> Morgan's better half, Sean yeah. Wright, yeah. Is, uh, is one of my close, close friends. Right. And um, and so tell us some secrets. So now. You obviously have maintained a very, very healthy relationship over 10, 13 years, over 13 years yeah. together with crazy with um, with uh, Shano. So um, basically, can you share like some some um, some things that, like, well, first, tell us a little bit of the story of how you guys met and, and your relationship and some of the dynamics. And right. We, well, we met in college. He's a couple years older than I am. We met at the PE actually, which is really fun, which is for some people that are listening to this podcast, the PE is Playland. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's an amusement it, park. It's an amusement park. Um, and we were with just like, I was with two of my friends and he was with two of his friends and we, we hit it off and we ended up just, uh, this is the time when ICQ and M MSN Messenger was in, (laughs) (laughs) and we MSN Messengered a lot, Um, and we've been together. You know, I think the the our relationship really stemmed from just having fun. We've always laughed and uh, been each other's biggest fan. And uh, my husband's the type of guy that says, "Hey, if you want to do it, go for it." He's never held me back. He's never put any restrictions on me. He's always been uh, very secure with himself you know I think when you're a woman in this industry you um, are with a lot of different clients and they some of them could be younger men (laughs) (laughs) or really chest strapping men and he's never had a had any um, fear of that because he's extremely secure and he's also uh, he knows that I'm very loyal and trustworthy so I think that we've always um, had such a great relationship he's my partner in crime for sure and uh He's the type of guy that he can kind of get me out of my head when I get home when I've had a long day of work. So he says, take out your hair, <laughs> take out your bun, <laughs> take out your your power bun and um, go have a bath and just kind of gets me back back to home. So yeah, I'm just really lucky to have him. And he's just, he's fun. We, you know, I think people that meet him, they're like, he's just so nice. <laughs> or he's, and he's quieter than you. This is weird. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the two things. But um, he's always just been, he's just number one for sure. Yeah. So how do you think, so does he have any um, 
so do, do you or does he have any uh, kind of tricks to like kind of keep that closeness? Because mm-hmm. obviously, uh, being an entrepreneur, I know how much Morgan works. She works like a <laughs> dog. And so she's working, she's at the office all the time, and there's that physical distance a lot right. with, uh, with, you know, with both of our partners. And Definitely. We're probably with each other more. More, yeah. <laughs> I sometimes am like, Mike and I are, and I'm like, wait, that meant to say Sean. And so, like, how do you, like, how do you keep that bond strong? Um, I think we, we take the time to go on, you know, we really enjoy um, just some peace and quiet from everybody else. I think the, there's a lot of relationships based on other relationships, friendships, um, meaning like we have to go out for dinner with that person every single night or if there's always another engagement. We make sure that we have those walks together yeah. at UBC and Downman Lens or we go out for dinner. We make the time for it. I think mm-hmm. that's really important. Um, Sean and I like love to go for massages and go for nice dinners so we we go on date nights on a regular basis and i think you have to be able to communicate with one another and express what's happening in your lives as well you know someone told me a long time ago when i asked um this woman has who's been married for actually one of my favorite questions to ask people that were older than me were oh you're married how long have you guys been together and they would tell me like 25 40 years and I say what's the secret and I used to ask it to everybody yeah. it was my thing and <laughs> right? uh, because I, I've always wanted to to perfect that and, and make sure that I, I had a great relationship with my husband and um, a lot of them said you need to find your, your your best friend you need to find somebody that's going to be able to be with you for the rest of your life and I think that's a big thing but number two um, one woman told me, uh, you need to have a life, he needs to have a life, and you need to have a life together. And the reason why you need that is because you need to be able to evolve and to know who you are and be happy with you, your own individuality, and he does as well. And then you need to come together and really celebrate that together. So that's one thing I've kind of lived by. And also never to say anything mean. Don't, yeah. don't say anything that you can ever take back. That's something that's huge. Have you ever said anything that you wish you would take that you wish you could take back? No, no. Actually, Sean's my husband's mother told me that when I was like <laughs> twenty. She said, "Don't say anything you can never take back." And then I've lived by that. I really have never, you know, I'm not a really damaging person. I don't like to put anybody down, anyways. Right. But I would say, um, I just even if it's like hard, I just take a second to breathe or and try and get through it. But we we never both of us have never said anything, and I, I think that's really a big part of our strength is is focusing on the future yeah so obviously a part of the nature of, of business is that you know things happen spur of the moment things gotta like you know things happen you, you get called in for an appointment so you have this like this is a circumstance a scenario so you have this fancy dinner all planned out for tonight and then you have to do a listing appointment yeah that which happens is like the paramount <laughs> appointment for any real estate agent is like someone says hey would you mind driving down this dark alley <laughs> meet me yes. in the middle of the night to list my condo you'll like you'll like pack your bags and rush there as soon as possible so um so this obviously happens a lot how yeah. do you uh how do you tell sean and how does sean react in these kind of situations yeah so that's a good question you know i think what comes with our our careers is that expectation that things are going to come up randomly like call at one o'clock at night or <laughs> listing presentation listing presentation at a very very um special evening um i think you have to have that really supportive supportive spouse to um to win in this industry because if you keep on 
having resentment over each other, it's just not going to work. It just mm-hmm. won't work. So I think from the get go, I'm lucky to say that I started my career with my husband and he's been able to watch me um, and have those expectations and know things are going to come up. Um, but also he also knows that, you know, we we get paid we get paid specifically from um, these appointments and they don't happen all the time. And when they do happen, they don't happen. um, They shouldn't, you have to run to them. Right. So I think that expectation is super important. So setting that expectation for your, for your spouse is ahead of time is, is key. And um, just having the support of, of that, that, that that spouse all to kind of say you know what sure yeah we'll see you in a couple hours and and not having that resentment over it but Mm -hmm. he would not care it's happened so many times now totally (laughs) so what's your weirdest real estate story my weirdest what's weird so like we have so many weird moments like like a situation with a client or with another agent or don't say names but i'd love to hear like couple agent stories yeah (laughs) Um, bad or good. I think, you know, you, we have so many real estate stories. Um, I think one of my weirdest stories was when I first started, um, when I was, uh, I was a very new agent. I didn't know really what I was doing. And, um, it was back in 08, which was a very hard time in the market. And so we were working with specific clients and showing them property, but to write an offer was really hard to get the listing was really hard to sell. The property was really hard. That was a tough time in Vancouver. So one of my weirdest stories was just how a reaction was when I, uh, presented an offer was a little bit of a low ball. It wasn't even that bad, actually, to be honest, it was like 5%, but, um, I sent off the, the it was actually for a, a BD um, loft uh, for a client of mine, and I sent it over and I wrote a justification for it, um, and I sent it over to someone that's been in the industry for over five years, and um, her response back to me was just to read me out. She got really angry wow. with the whole process, um, and she said to me, "You're not going to ever make it in this industry. You're just you know this is this is a foolish thing that you've done to me. You're never going to be able to work in this." the city and she really took it to that next level um and that was really awkward and weird for me overall i think you you don't ever want that response back from an agent and but i learned from it and the thing i learned was never ever to shame another person into our industry and never have a response uh like that when someone's bringing you an offer and you probably could have made it work so that was a really weird one another one was that I was in an open house and someone left their dildo <laughs> on a wow. bed and I was like, "What are we gonna do about this?" So I like took the pillow. Took, <laughs> people don't talk about this. Yeah. Took the dildo and put it into the sink. Put it in your purse. <laughs> <laughs> but it was one of those, you know, it was one of those really funny moments. And yeah. I think the tenant didn't want us to. They wanted wanted to stay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that was really awkward. Yeah. But yeah, we've had a lot of different stories. That's I think so we funny. could go on and on. Yeah. Yeah. I had a lady. Um, so um, I, when I first started my business, so this, this is over 10 years ago, I, I did a lot of uh, door knocking. I worked with a lot of elderly people and I worked with the prototypical cat lady. She oh had, my gosh. She had about nine or 10 cats um, in her house. And <laughs> basically, they, she liked to bring in stray cats and feral cats. And her house was a huge mess, so it was a like, big undertaking to get it cleared out, um, you know, and, and get all those things. So I had a I had a, an agent call me while I had the listing up, 
and he's like, oh, my client is flying uh, back to uh, Asia and I need to show this house because I want to show it to them before they leave. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is my chance. And I had this really huge intuition feeling that I need to show this house to this, this is guy the buyer. now because it was hard selling this cat lady's house because it was pretty much in shambles. And so essentially I rushed to the house to like, and, and I called the seller. She was not at home. She's like, oh, I'm visiting a friend and the cats are out. So I, <laughs> I, oh, and, and she said, and she's like, you got to put them in a cage before they come. Cause if any stranger comes in, they're going to go crazy. So basically, um, for those of you that don't know, I'm not the biggest pet guy in the no. whole world. <laughs> and so I didn't grow up with pets. I didn't grow up with cats. I don't know anything about animals. And it's ironic because I have a cat now. Yeah, Spidey. Um, Spidey. But um, yeah, so I went to her house and basically I was like herding cats and putting them in cages. And these were feral cats. They were ornery. They were stuck <laughs> in the house. The house smelled like cats. And essentially I had to put them in their cages. So one by one, I was like, I, I put on, she had like rubber dish gloves. <laughs> I put them on and I was grabbing the cats and putting, and so at first I was being very gentle and gingerly trying to pick them up, but they would just like run away. And it turned into me just like grabbing them like bowling balls. <laughs> throwing them, <laughs> throwing the them in the cages. But you know, it was, it was funny because that was the buyer that bought the house. Yes. And then like, Going I, by your intuition. Yeah, I went by my intuition. I, I went there and I was like scratched and I had to get like rabies. <laughs> shots and stuff like that for the house and there's just so many of these kind of uh, I could not do that yeah like that many cats I would just be like she had like nine cats it just would be too much like I've, I've been into like hoarder houses definitely like yeah. where they have everything yeah. <laughs> in the condo Wood words like yeah bags. yeah I'm like where are you getting all this stuff but the cats thing I think would turn me off there'd be too much kitty litter for sure. I'm a dog person, though, yeah. so I don't know. <laughs> dog lady. I'm a dog lady. Um, I'm going to use the bathroom really quick. So why don't you tell, uh, like, a funny story while I'm in the bathroom and then... <laughs> funny story. Yeah, or funny story, or you can talk a little bit about, um, like, something that's on your mind. Something that's on my mind. Something that's on my mind. <laughs> Pressure. This is the deal. Um... I love these podcasts. I will say that there's so many people that are like doing these podcasts in our offices at Oakwood and, and I'm so, I'm pumped because I'm actually one of those people that listen to a lot of podcasts on a regular basis or audiobooks. And um, I think that's one thing that realtors forget is that you have to constantly do a lot of personal development um, and keep on doing continuing education uh, for yourself um, just so you can get ahead of the curve and get ahead of the, the your competition. So I'm one of those YouTubers as well. Like I'll go on YouTube and I'll stay on YouTube for like a good two hours uh, just looking listening to different people that it can give us a little bit of piece of advice and share a little bit of their knowledge. Um, funny story. I think a funny story is a little bit about maybe when – um, I met Mike, <laughs> that would be funny, uh, and how we kind of heard of each other. We both worked at different agencies, and I think, I'm, ta I'm talking about how we met each other. Oh, cool, yeah, go on. Um, I worked at different agencies, and um, uh, Mike was like the powerhouse agent from Richmond. <laughs> <laughs> and he, um, you know, and I, I was downtown, and 
I, I think we always knew of each other in passing, but um, we never met each other, which is really funny because we're actually super similar in many ways. And um, we we met randomly, but when we first sat down with each other, we we probably chat, talked for like three, hours, four, four hours. hours. Yeah. It was really incredible. And I think that that's something that I want to, you know, stress for people in relationships and whether you're deciding to start a new business or have a business venture or start as a team in real estate, um, you know, make sure that it's got to feel organic with relationships. It has to feel like it's something that was meant to happen. Don't ever force a relationship or a friendship or um, a business partner. It should be just really fluid. And um, and you'll know, I think, immediately. You know within half an hour that uh, you guys, there's some compatibility and some chemistry there. So that was really fun. And, and then is it this little cake shop that's no longer there? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> So it's a sushi shop. Yeah, it's a sushi shop now. So we were meeting at, uh, so we went for a coffee at uh, below our office. So we had a very small office. I think I shared it with some of the listeners before, but it was about 800 or 900 square foot office. Um, we had Ikea furniture. We had the, um, like our, our reception desk. We didn't even have a reception desk when Morgan came. I think yeah. everything was Ikea, used Ikea, <laughs> <laughs> not new Ikea. That would be too expensive. Um, so, and uh, yeah, so we met and we, it was really it was weird yeah it was, it, it was i don't know if it was weird like <laughs> i, I weird hate to put story. it this way you know it's like you know some people say like you know it was like love at first sight yeah <laughs> Do you know what i mean and you just have this like like we had an, like, an instant connection mm-hmm. um of, you know our philosophies and business and and life um family, our work ethic work ethic yeah it was very important like loyalty like all the things that kind of uh, you know in a dna like it's weird i think we 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 are packaged differently but i think the seed is the same like mm-hmm. the dna is very similar um and we have our strengths of course but i think you know we have a lot of common strains so it was it was really enlightening i think i i got to you know really see things from another angle another perspective mm-hmm. and um we spoke about the future of the our industry um what do we want to do like uh, long term? Mm-hmm. We spoke about, uh, um, you know, life and, and just like our values and what we stand for and what it means to, um, you know, to, to be a young entrepreneur. Like having conversations like this, we, we had like very open dialogue about, about these things and what it's like. I, I was really curious about what it's like to be like a young female like right. powerhouse. Uh, agent. Yeah. Because... Female power. <laughs> <laughs> and Female like, power. Yeah. And like, what are some of the things? Because I think it's hard to show vulnerability. Uh, I think for some people, mm-hmm. uh, for, I think for everybody, right? I don't know. I feel like females are really have, a, we have a tough go with that. We don't like, they don't want to look like they're the weak ones. Yeah. The weak links. Why is that? I think a lot of women are just, you know, we're multitaskers. We, have families we want to be perfect in all different ways that's for sure um and i think women just uh have a little bit of a hard harder go for sure there's a lot of women that are you know have a lot of self-doubt on themselves and um they don't feel like they can do it and that's just i think it's changed rapidly especially in the last three to five years but in our industry as a whole uh you know they didn't really want to be as transparent as as they are now where do you think that comes from 
it's always fear-based, you know, I think you, you want to look like the strong, you want to be a part of the boys team. So you want to look strong and, but the truth is, is that your, your vulnerability is your strength sometimes. And that's what women are there to support each other in every single day in our industry now. So, um, and there's a little bit of competitiveness, I think with females just to, you know, usually there's only, you know, if there's five guys, there's only one girl and that one girl is, it wasn't wasn't even close to the second girl up. So you mm-hmm. have um, or woman up. So I think that's where that comes from. But females that like women realtors now are just incredible. You know, I think people don't realize that we have we there's actually more than fifty percent of women that are actually working in in our industry. We have a choice. We have a chance to be business owners, be entrepreneurs, and um, and to do really be more successful than males. Right. So it just just depends. But women are incredible. <laughs> I think you have I this in the last couple of years you have so much of a newfound respect for just have females creativity, for team leads, um, for diversity, for you know having a vision in place for their businesses. And and the more and more we see people in that leadership role in the height of their business, the the more it's changing. Yeah. So what do you think that like do you think it's societal or do you think it's like like that? maybe that fear to stand out or that like ability to kind of um to 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 be a super successful female entrepreneur like is where do you think that blog or is it like a story from the past do you think it's it's familial like yeah i think it's a societal like i think you i think women feel like they have to be a specific cookie cutter type of female so you have to be a good mother you have to be you don't have to be the provider you you can be dependent on a male and that's where um it's it's changed so much now that now women are making more than men uh, and they don't have to be the only uh mother they can be uh there's men that are taking pat leave so things are i think society society is changing as a whole right yeah yeah i think you know for all i care like everyone's a little bit different but as a business person maybe i maybe i'm like a robot (laughs) but (laughs) but i only care about like who can get the job done the best i think so too and i think that's where women have to like take themselves out of it and say hey you know what I'm I'm the best one to do this job. Exactly. That's it. And yeah. that's the whole thing. Like, man, woman, donkey. Like, if it was better, like, it doesn't matter. Whoever's going to have the best, like, out. Like, I, you know, they, there's a uh, there's a podcast I listen to, and they talk about um, equality of opportunity and mm-hmm. equality of outcome. So I believe in equality of opportunity. So um, this is the opportunity. Everyone can pitch for that opportunity. And may the best man win. Yeah. But man or woman or donkey or whoever is going to win. Um, and that's a, a equality of opportunity. I never believe in restricting opportunities for anyone of any kind of creed. But then... Um, but I think uh, there's still so many people in this in this society that do do they that. They do that. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So, so that's where it's like trying to shift it we got to shift that. that that's, the, that's the philosophical change that has to happen in our society. Um, there has to be an equality of opportunity. Mm-hmm. So essentially um if you have a job as the sales director of a company you know just be you know if old man owner is only going to hire another older gentleman then you know that's not an equality of opportunity it should be the best person for the job the best skill set regardless of anything and so that's my big uh you know even with governmental positions as well i really i think that that is a big reason because it's not an equality of uh, opportunity because 
for example. But there's, it's all over the, actually, there is so many female leaders across the yeah. world. It's just in North America, it's a little bit, it's more male dominant. Yeah, I think it, in many, in many cases. So, I, and I think that that's, we ha- there has to be an evolution there. Um, and, but I do not believe in, in they call it quality of outcomes. So I don't mm-hmm. believe in, you know, okay, so being, for example, having an equal number of male and female staff like it doesn't matter to me it's just whoever's the best person for right, the job right um or having like in, like having a wide variety of uh like like racial backgrounds it's just whoever's the best person for the job like mm-hmm. that's all it should be um that's the best fit for the sure. best fit the best person for the job the best contributor to a team um and and just leave it at, at that yeah. um and so I, i'm a huge proponent of that and i think people get that shuffled a little bit you know they take other considerations like i don't even put education as being like for when morgan and i hire staff all the time my gosh and it's like not even a big concern for us no right? it's just like who's the best person who has the most pot who will have the most impact and um we'll make some changes for for a company as well so that's so important yeah absolutely and it's just about that individual and what what they're made of and what they can do and so like i think it's you know it's a, it's a good philosophy that we we obviously share that i you know i wish a lot of other companies and a lot of other people and consumers would even share as well like um, you know, when, when they're out, when they're out in the field and just let the best man win. Right. Yeah. Like I, one of my, my aunts actually, she's, she was one of the directors of this, of this large company. And she said, I said, how do you employ your staff? And she says, I don't even look at a resume. I just do a 30 minute conversation with them and I'll know right away. And I, I kind of let lead to that. I, who can be the best fit, but it should be about that individual person as well. They'll tell you if they're great and positive about something. That's always the those are the best ones <laughs> that tell me that I'm the best at this. Yeah. Okay, there you are. <laughs> Sounds right. So your dad and mom had a really big impact on, on your life, obviously. Still do. Yeah, still do growing <laughs> up. And Morgan was just sharing some photos of her dad. It's like, this guy's Oh my hilarious. God, my dad's hilarious, He's like guys. an A1 original. Um, <laughs> yes. Nobody will be like this man. <laughs> so like, I want, obviously, having that tight bond with your parents and, and your, um, and, and, and what, like, so what are some of the things that they taught you growing up, but, or even now? Yeah, I think that's, I think my mom and, my mom and dad are both entrepreneurs. So I was brought up with an, in a very entrepreneurial family. Um, so I learned uh, many, many different, ti- like, tips and tricks from both of them. Um, but I think with my father, he's, um, he is one of a kind, as Mike said. Um, but his, I, his number one, the one thing that he really taught me was um, never to treat anyone differently. So whether it's somebody washing your car to the manager to the owner of a company or a CEO, you should never break your voice. You should always be um, be consistent with who you are because that's not what's gonna make that person change. And you shouldn't have to treat anyone differently along the way. Um, that was something that my father has just emphasized big time, but he's an extremely hard worker. You know, I think he was on his feet 10 to 15 hours a day sometimes, and I would watch him, you know, really work his ass off. And uh, so I don't think anybody can say to me that, oh, I've worked when people are complaining or making excuses. That's something that doesn't resonate well with me. It's it's really what's what's what do I need to get done and what do I have to accomplish? No one, um, you work as hard as you want to work. That's something that he's always sat with me, sat really, really deep with me. And, and my mother, just having extreme amount of compassion for people, um, 
being honest with people. I think my mother has always been very pure and honest with the people that she's worked with, uh, to her staff, to um, her people, that her clients, her customers, being honest and never breaking that, um, and being compassionate to other people and um, just being an overall good person. I think she's really all about karma. Uh, what goes around comes around. And if you uh, really, really, really want something to happen, it it is there for you. My mom always has this tagline that she always brings up, which is create your own reality. And I've, I've kind of lived by that. So those are my two big messages from my parents mm-hmm. who I love. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, Morgan is half Asian and half white. Yes. I'm a mix. <laughs> yeah. So she's a mix between two. Like, so how was that growing up to have like, you know, a couple different cultures um, was, you know, diversity. Yeah. yeah. I think as a halfer in Vancouver, it's now cool. <laughs> but back in the day in the eighties, um, you know, in the nineties, you um, definitely are challenged. You have a little bit of an identity problem <laughs> okay. because um, you, my father's Asian. So my i'll give you guys a little bit of a taste of it my dad would wake you know have you know you know green tea always and would be just typical asian always (laughs) just always had rice on and he was he would bring us to you know hot pot or um a lot of these asian kind of food (laughs) places and my mother is austrian and and canadian so she's the type of she's got heavy cream fettuccine alfredo um and she's you know you know she's pancakes in the morning and she's you know and she's you know very white she's blonde so um but I think it was actually just an, like I always say, like, again, I don't think of the weakness. It was such an advantage for me because I was able to see two different sides. And I, I think I'm able to relate to more people because of it. Um, but it was difficult because I think my parents had to deal with that a little bit more back then. Mm-hmm. Having a very diverse, like, my, I, we look, you know, a little bit darker. So my mom being Caucasian, she used to be, we'd be at Oak Ridge Mall and people would come up to her and be like, who are you taking, whose kids are these? Who are you taking, mm-hmm. you're taking care of these kids? And she's like, these are my children. <laughs> um, so she had a little bit more of that, but I don't think that they ever thought of it as a disadvantage they always thought it was funny and they laughed it off and we in our family it's good to just to laugh it off and just you know that we mm-hmm. we know what's right right yeah it's because i believe all stereotypes are true <laughs> <laughs> so you got like an asian dad did like, it very <laughs> my, my father was very strict too he's yeah. disciplined right you know that he is Mike super knows that. disciplined yeah, yeah he's as you know i think people say he's stoic so he's very you know he's very blunt and honest with everything and my mother sugarcoats things sometimes (laughs) but it's good to have both sides yeah you know having that uh you know relationship with family i think um uh, i have a really close relationship with my family as well and Mm -hmm. it's strange like i um way 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 back when i had a i had a life coach um that would call me from california his name was rodrigo (laughs) and um and one of the things, the goals that I had on my list that I sent to him, I think via fax, That's awesome. <laughs> was that I wanted to be like a good son. Um, and Rodrigo called me and he's like, what does that mean, Michael? Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? Uh, well, you know, I want to love my parents. And, he, <laughs> and he's like, what does that mean? Like, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. What's your action plan? What are your actions? So I was like, is this weird? Like, and so we built like this action plan to make that, to make that reality. 
because I'm like, you know, I'm so thankful for my parents for, you know, obviously, um, like coming to Canada from the I Philippines. Know. Yeah. Jeez. Like, how coming, hard was that? Yeah. Coming to Canada from the Philippines as teenagers, um, to like, like, like take me to public school, like, so that I could learn about, you know, uh, you know, uh, I can learn and I didn't know how to read and write and all these amazing things. I feel like I won the lottery just by being born here in, in Vancouver me too. and doing, doing that mm-hmm. kind of, uh, you know, doing that, doing all those great things for me, even before I was born and after I was born, you know, taking care of me, feeding me, uh, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, um, give me shelter and everything. So like, I want to be able to contribute obviously back. And so, you know, so have, having that kind of same planning mechanism that I had for my business, I did that for families and f- for my family, for my friendship. I have these like five kind of zones that I always try to, to like be good at. And I feel like if I'm good in these five things then I'll have a, a genuinely happy life. Um, so like, I kind of built those plans in place and it was weird. Maybe it's like really robotic of me, but like, um, yeah, I've been doing that since for like over 10 years. So like, you know, we do our Saturday morning breakfast and mm-hmm. I call my mom every Wednesday. Um, you know, hopefully try to sponsor one or two trips for her and all this kind of stuff. I need stuff. to do more of this. I need to do some planning. <laughs> it's weird. Like, I think it's just like, it's just like anything with business marketing, anything. It's just like consistency. It's just like doing it and like, but I think that we we share like a very similar thing, which is we have a lot of gratitude and we don't think about the past too much. Like both of us yeah. with our parents, we don't blame anything that they that they did before yeah. for our future because we were in control of our future. Right. I think there's a lot of people that are you know that are like stuck in that. Yeah. But and we have a lot of gratitude towards our, our the people that have supported yeah, us there. That's very true because Morgan and I got beat up a lot. By our <laughs> <laughs> it's like we got like the corporal punishment. Like it's not we're like the outsiders, nowadays. man. <laughs> yeah, we're we're like, the outsiders. I can't believe we're in Canada and we're getting beaten. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? I'm like, why is this? Like we're in Canada. We're not in the Philippines anymore. <laughs> yeah, no yeah. more feather dusters. No yeah. more slippers. Wooden yeah, spoons. Every time I see one, every time I see a feather duster or no, wooden spoon, wooden spoon, wooden spoon I'm like, I'm. Like I'm like scared. scared. <laughs> I'm like, hey, 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 what are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, I'm stirring this pot. I'm like, okay, like, okay, didn't chill. I have a wooden spoon in my house like till recently. I like refused yeah. to have one. Yeah. It was so good. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Chill with that spoon, dude. I know. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so. <laughs> but thankful to that. Those yeah. moments are funny to us. We oh, laugh yeah. about them. It's yeah. awesome. So, like, just having those kind of, uh, you know, the, that, that kind of experience. So, yeah, just doing those things. And, talking about those five kind of realms and everyone should have uh, some things, you know, there's, there's work, of course, I can share with you a little bit about my kind of five realms and what those look like and, and kind of, so for number one would be obviously health. Um, I think that's a, an area, uh, in, in anyone's life that I think is, is super, super important. The Uh, top of the pile. Morgan is super healthy too. uh, You know, I love it. Yeah. (laughs) But I have a lot of energy. So yeah, Morgan has tons of energy. So I'm like, like, "Ah." but health is so important because I think you, that's where it all stems from. Right. You, and if you listen to any CEO, cause I'm one of those podcast people too, you, you end up realizing that that's their number one priority is taking care of themselves. So you have to take the time to do that yourself. So health, you know, that when you're a healthy body and more energy, I'm, I'm like obsessed with energy. I like want to figure mm-hmm. out how to get the most energy possible. So, um, you have a lot of energy. Mark. I have a lot of energy and I <laughs> yeah. always want more, like more. <laughs> and so, um, so health, number one, um, number two is, uh, um, you know, my kind of, 
my philosophy or my spiritual side mm -hmm. where I, you know, I try to like, what's the meaning of life? I ask these kind of questions to myself and reflect on like, why am I in this moment right now with Morgan sitting in this podcast? Are we doing something for someone in the universe somewhere? Um, or are we just bonding closer together as, as like, um, brother and sisters from another mother's type of thing uh, or what is it all about like why are we here in this moment and like having those kind of like deeper thoughts kind of my my spiritual side is this kind of a interesting i have my own strange philosophies of life <laughs> they're borrowed from everywhere else um, very existential questions um, so that's one you know uh, that's the second part of my life and the third obviously is my uh, relationships um, the relationships that i hold dear mm -hmm. with my uh, with my obviously my significant other with my family with my great close friends like morgan and shano and every, all the uh, friends we have in the office here so relationships and how can i get better at doing those things then fourthly, I have my business. So, um, you know, uh, helping to run and be a partner of Oakwin is uh, very, very important. Running uh, my my uh, my sales team, my resale team, um, as well, and and um, you know, running those businesses and being trying to be as effective as we can in, in those methods. And then lastly, it's investments. It's like future planning. So yeah. seeds for the future. Foundation. Yeah, yeah. I, I you know because I'm a worry ward and because I'm a you know I'm very like. Uh, rainy day planner guy I want to make sure that the silos are full so there's like these in a farm like <laughs> it's weird like agricultural I've never worked on a farm but I'm like obsessed with farms <laughs> and because pre is planting yeah. Guys. <laughs> yeah I'm into Catan <laughs> just saying <laughs> And they'd have silos of grain for like when times get tough. Harvest to harvest yeah, to later. Harvest later. I'm like, yeah. Oh yeah, I gotta fill those silos. <laughs> <laughs> and like, oh don't waste. Like we gotta fill the silos. Like, and so I'm like a big proponent of like having that security and mm -hmm. security gives people freedom and routine and security and planning. I think yeah, a lot of people think it's the opposite of freedom, but I actually think it gives you a lot of freedom. So those are kind of my five like kind of Realms. And you do that every year. Like yeah. he actually does this every year. He goes up to Whistler and does his own. He does his own um, business planning. But those are the five. Yeah, those that are the you five things I just look at really closely yeah. and I analyze them. Um, you know, to the nth degree of like, okay, how can I improve this? And, and what am I going to do to improve it? And what did I do last year? Where did I fail? Mm -hmm. Like, why did I fail at these points? Like, oh, I noticed that my health dropped off when I got overly busy with work i'm like oh my gosh you're okay. eating too much out yeah i'm like, eating out too much <laughs> okay like do i have to make better choices do i have to like book my appointments farther apart like mm -hmm. i really look at it because it's a like i try to look at it as a whole big picture like um everyone's a little bit different but mm -hmm. i try to look at each of these aspects as a whole different picture so i can continue to improve you know i want to like i want to be like a great friend like i want to be a great friend to morgan i want to contribute to her life and have a great um, you know, have a great experience journeying with her. You know, we're like, she's Frodo, I'm Samwise Gamgee. Yeah. yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, she's Frodo. So uh, I just want to help. Like, how can I help? And I think that's friend. a great way of doing it. I do it more on a visual basis, though. I do it like more on a full on um, visual board and I do it every year and then it sits literally in front of my desk and into my book every year but it's very similar to what Mike does he does the kind of pillars and writes them all out I just do it on a visual side of it so I can manifest them that's mm -hmm. the only two kind of things yeah and I think see that's people do things differently right and, you know um, looking at 
different different ways other people do them but i think genuinely creating your best way of doing it like i love writing so like i write like a letter to myself every year like this is all the stuff you did like it's almost like a journal entry i just started a blog actually you go i didn't to, know you're starting yeah, a blog yeah i just started a blog you can go to michaelu.com michaeluy.com slash blog and you can I don't know why I'm just like. Well, because I, you were gonna, he was gonna write a book. You're still yeah, writing a book. I'm still writing a book. It's taking some time. It's just, it's so <laughs> like, I, I took a creative writing class at one of the best institutions right. in Vancouver, um, actually globally, um, Langara College. <laughs> Love Langara. <laughs> so, uh, that's so the local good. community college here in Vancouver that uh, I went to school. Like that was my first school that I went to out of high school. Mm-hmm. Same with um, me. Yeah, that I like basically like I was a straight D student and I got there and I like and I just like was like I'm doing it yeah and I, and I got straight A's there so I have some resonance like some there's some like good it's feelings so nice now though like now the the, the campus yeah, is so nice I know like the we went when we was like awful amazing. yeah they put an extension on there it's like fantastic now but you know back in those days but I, I go to adult school there probably once or twice a year any kind of those uh, weird classes like I've taken um, creative writing I've taken stand uh, up stand-up comedy yeah. <laughs> I've taken improvisational <laughs> comedy I've taken uh, well but a bunch of different types of classes I can't even remember so yeah so it, it, it requires a lot of discipline and like so I was, I've been writing this blog because I just enjoy writing uh, in general and I think writing what I'm hoping to happen, this is like uh, not so secret secret, is that I just write blog posts and I just write them over and over again. And then maybe I get a ghostwriter that sees my aesthetic style of writing and mm. then basically does the full book because I'm on chapter four of a book right now writing it and there should be like so much 16 more. chapters and then and I, I, I think I might need some help. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, that's good. That's the first, yeah. <laughs> that's the first start of it all. Yeah. Is knowing exactly So what are what? some interests that Morgan has that other people don't, you know? What are like, some interests? Interest that you have that some people don't know about you? Um, I'm like, I think people don't realize that I'm a builder. Like, I really love to um, build businesses and and to take, you know, an idea and then just create it. Um, executing it, it obviously takes a lot of time. So sometimes the, the ideas that I'm bringing out are kind of logged back so that I can always come back to on a rainy day. So that's one of my big things is I love... Um, you know, right now I'm kind of working on an idea for an app and um, and just that's more of a social compass for, for a specific industry. So that's number one. I, I'm a huge, a huge interior design yeah, person. she's an interior designer. Yeah, she's I love it. Offices, yeah, no, no, I like, I love it. I love the creativity, the the design side of it, um, and just the overall like psychology of, of when a person comes in and how they they're supposed to feel. So I really love that side of it. Fashion is a huge thing that I'm in love with. I, I don't think it should be hard, should be <laughs> to be to be fashion forward. Um, but those are kind of like my three big ones, and, and it usually is based on creativity. I, I think I'm. Some people, as a business owner, you're very business focused. But um, my other side of my my mind is is the creative side. Yeah, Morgan was really big into dance before. Mm-hmm. Right? You were in huge dance. Into- I was like in arts. I yeah. was all on that side of on things. On the creative side. Yeah. So like, there's been obviously from a creative side to like a business side. Yeah. So like left mind, right mind. Like, how do you use your creative 
like how do you let your creative juices flow in your business and and how does that cross over i feel like i drank a, a lot of coffee this morning so i'm using the bathroom yet so more yeah. don't go <laughs> um i um how do i use it i think that it's I'm, i kind of feel like someone told me a long time ago that i was a, a tortured i feel like a tortured artist in my business so that's one thing that um has always re resonated with me but I, I do a lot of the creative side on um a lot of our websites our flyers our reach out to our clients on an oakland side i'm doing a lot of the the branding seeing brand focus guidelines um creating the new collateral pieces um all of the social media side of thing i'm, I'm kind of being the head of watching over what our next direction is and how um, Oakland can stand out not only as an industry but as a brand overall globally so that's where the creative side comes in um, and <clears throat> always just staying ahead of the curve and and not being afraid to take chances I, I believe in I, I believe creativity should be about you being misunderstood and not being afraid to be misunderstood so really focusing on that which is the big the big creative side michael's so funny he's trying to open the door he, he couldn't do it <laughs> but those are the yeah that's that's what i how i say creative i listened to all of that <laughs> i'm back um so what are some of the things that i want to hear some bucket list stuff from morgan brown so i can keep you accountable to these Ooh. things so i want to hear I have a lot of, but you know, yeah, me. I, I have know, a lot of bucket list okay, stuff. So what are the next two bucket list things you're going to do? Uh, so I always wanted to build a house. Right. You know that. Yes. I always wanted to build a house. Not the best time to do it in this market <laughs> um, before I was 35. So that was really important. So right. making that a, a bucket list. Start a family, which is really important um, with my husband. And another bucket list is to, I want to be a serial entrepreneur. I've always been very open about that and, and have businesses that I maybe I believe in strong teams so I don't think you need to have be present all the time in specific things but you need to be there to to be able to take charge so um, and take chances so I think those are my three things start some great great new companies lead Oakland to a, an awesome uh, amount of success mm -hmm. moving forward with my team here because I'm so lucky I get to work here every single day um, kick ass on the resale side of things with my my lady team yeah. downtown and uh, build a team and build a, a a fantastic foundation with family that's what I got that's awesome yeah I'm gonna ask you to join me okay. on one of my bucket list items sure this okay. uh oh what is it uh, do you agree before you hear it <laughs> does it have to do with magic cards <laughs> <laughs> it does now <laughs> so uh, yeah I, <laughs> Morgan's like uh, busting me here so I'm a like, huge like yes like nerd. they don't know this yet I, I don't think I don't know if I've discussed this on the podcast so like I am a, obsessed um, to like the nth degree with a game uh, it's called Magic the Gathering it's a um, it's a trading card game uh, it's kind of like a combination of poker and chess and it's played in comic shops and in, like those weird hole in the wall <laughs> comic places so if you don't see me like in the office or at home like i'll be there he's probably playing magic he's like outing me here <laughs> on my podcast um yeah so but you know what i can i know why you do it though because you're all about strategy and that's like what that that game's all about yeah it is yeah a, it's a strategy game essentially yeah. so yeah i love strategy i don't know why i think ever since i was a kid i, I really enjoyed it 
So like maybe it's just like problem solving. Like did never like it, in grade four and five when we had problem solving. Yeah. Did you like power through that problem solving? Totally. Book? Like I, yeah, I love like I love problem solving. I love like uh, puzzles. Right. Yeah. Like riddles and stuff like that, and try to figure it out. And yeah, it's just weird. I've always liked that kind of stuff. <laughs> this and, is the problem. Like Mike's like, come on to the podcast. I'm like, I'm gonna out you on everything I know about <laughs> you. <laughs> so you got to know Mike yeah. really. So do you vow? To like, sure, let's yeah, do it. Okay, so I want to go ice climbing. <laughs> ice climbing? <Yeah>. So, <laughs> what? So, like, those frozen waterfalls that you see in like northern. Like, okay, the, I will be there with you. Yeah. <laughs> you got to do it too. What, what does this mean? Like, do we have to put these shoes on? Yeah, you got to put up? the shoes in spikes and then, like, you have those little hook things. So, you got to, like, plunk it into the. And then, you know, you got to plunk it into the waterfall. That takes a major training. I don't think so. Yes, I think you it can does. just take a day trip to do it. <laughs> no, it's not. It's like river raft. Okay, if you don't, it's either we practice to do it for next next year, okay. or just doing it this year because we're going away in the winter, so we're gonna figure it out. Okay, I want okay, that's fine, the thing fine. that I wanted to associate with our like when we go away. Fine. I want us to do, do like, like ice, something like, crazy like yeah, that. Yeah, if there is, I don't know if there would be ice climbing on the island, but like somewhere I want to do that. <laughs> that's like one of my bucket list things. I've always wanted to do that so yeah <laughs> i love that i think that that's a crazy bucket but you have crazy bucket yeah i have things. weird things like i want to yeah. ride a camel yeah you have um, weird yeah i do i have like yeah. really strange ideas my girl like oh like I'll bet. <laughs> <laughs> i think travel is always the big thing you did a little bit of traveling this year yeah no, i i it's funny i went well i went to europe for two weeks and i have not vacationed Forever. more than a week yeah for over five years so it was a very yeah it was just an interesting it was just really interesting and i getting away from your environment because mm -hmm. i'm such a routine person right um you really sh it's like it really shakes you up it like, shakes you yeah, up totally yeah yeah you know? and, it's like life-changing yeah <laughs> There are, yeah, there's some, there's some things that I really, you know, I really appreciated. And when we got to go see uh, Paris and, you know, and, and all the buildings there, the architecture, the art. The art, yeah. Especially the art. I'm like, for somebody, I'm not, I can't draw, I, I'm not an art person, but I just love looking at art and. And the history of everything. Yeah, the history. Incredible. And then just like analyzing, like why, like if I was back in the Sumerian times, why would I make this? And like, you know, just kind of, and what would that person, why is it, was it a commission piece? Was it like an inspiration? But don't you feel like piece? it's like all of those artists are, it's almost like entrepreneurs. Like I believe that you have to be able to disturb your environment. Yeah. A bit. Like, it's, right? I don't know if it's like leaving a mark or. Disruption. Like they always yeah. want to disrupt something. They're trying to, yeah, they're trying to disrupt something yeah. or, you know, or they have some, a lot of entrepreneurs, I find a lot of entrepreneurs and artists have some similarities in like a deep seated pain. Pain? Like that's, un, that's uncurable. <laughs> or they have like some of the best entrepreneurs I know have like really screwed up pass and just like they have to like, they have to do right. this. There's no like other option. And same thing and with artists. So fear and they're so fearless with it. I think yeah. that's such a key word with entrepreneurs. Yeah. They just know it's right, and they just just do it. Right, for sure. Not to say that you, like, like if we take Mark Zuckerberg, for example, he grew up in a very, very healthy household with great parents, super supportive, 
Um, mm -hmm. He was a little bit of an outcast in, in high school and university because he was a computer nerd. But, like, he just has this drive and this hunger. So it doesn't mean that every business person has to have something screwed Whit up. Same with, like, Whitney Wolf, who's a female. Yeah. She owns Bumble. She's She comes from a very good upbringing, went to a great college, went to a great university. But she just had a great mindset, and she focused on changing the industry. And and you, I think you just, you, she took advantage of the things that she knew. Yeah. Very so good. what mark would you want to leave in this planet, in this world? I feel I feel like I'm I'm the same way, wavelength as disruption. I'd love to disturb. Um, I, I have on my vision board like Oakland's O, as right next to a Nike sign. I believe that you know the power of a brand, and I'd love to just be at the forefront of that and to make a mark as as a company, as an independent, and as a as um someone that has grown something from the ground up. Yeah, I think totally. that's so special. I think you can't like legacies now are now based on how much employment you're going to be able to make and um, how many job opportunities you're going to provide for people. So that would be number one. But I just want to, I also want to make a great mark on us female entrepreneurs. I think yeah. we are, uh, we're, we're given opportunity and it's our, our choice to take it. Completely. Yeah. You know, that's a, I think that's a beautiful way to end this podcast yes. with Morgan Brown. An hour and 20 minutes just flew right Whoa. by, so it's pretty crazy. What time is it? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I know. You probably got to go. I got to go. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Morgan, for being a part of our Thanks, podcast. Mike. If you've enjoyed this podcast, uh, please uh, like, subscribe, and rate it five out of five with a little comment saying, oh, that was cool. Morgan's awesome. Sweet. Um, or And, uh, yeah, we'll see you next time um, on the Michael U Podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you.